0: Some think that biological women can be men and that biological men can be lesbians. Until a few years ago, these claims would have sounded quite odd, but today they're widely asserted and widely accepted in our institutions. Indeed, if you challenge them in a modern university, you can expect some sort of backlash. Journalists and others have had their say but to properly scrutinize these ideas, you need a philosopher. So I'm delighted to be joined today by Dr. Kathleen Stock, a philosopher in the Western analytic tradition and the author of an important book, Material Girls, Why Reality Matters for Feminism. Uh, so Kathleen, welcome Thanks. to STB Talk. Um, so there's a lot in this, a lot to talk about. I want to talk about the job of philosophy first. Mm. Um, so, brewers make beer, uh, bakers make bread. What do philosophers do?
1: They um, make mistakes. <laughs> mistakes? <laughs> and then talk about them. <laughs> or learn from their own mistakes. Um, philosophers make theories, but they're not scientific theories, they're not designed to. Um, predict or explain Empirical evidence in mm. quite the same way as scientists make theories mm. um, They're more theories about deep abstract issues for Which there probably isn't any certainly isn't any um, Overwhelming empirical evidence one way or the other mm. like what is meaning what is truth? Uh, often in analytic tradition there there their questions about concepts the limits of concepts um, And how to define happiness or justice or art um, Or what a scientific law is so um, It's quite difficult to explain to somebody who doesn't do it and I think that the best way of learning is probably just reading some philosophy And then you sort of doing it or or doing or yeah, or trying to do it. I don't think I mean it's certainly something It asks questions that are of interest to many people, but not everybody has the capacity to answer them I think Mm. that's okay. Mm. I mean, it's a pretty narrow skill set
0: what I was looking for was really sort of looking at distinctions because i think that's what Mm. philosophers do make distinctions between one thing and another and types and organize things uh into categories
1: they definitely do a lot of that um maybe the distinctions they make are not ones that ordinary language makes and then they usually need an argument about why their distinctions are more important or sometimes they're just kind of looking at the way language works and saying actually this shows us that this isn't quite like that (laughs) i mean it sounds Banal, and especially when you in your introduction. I mean, most people don't need philosophy to tell them that men can't be lesbians. It's pretty much built into the concepts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it it should. Yeah, but you know, unfortunately, some some philosophers have monkeyed about Mm. (laughs) with uh, people's ideas there, and therefore another philosopher needs to come in and tell them that uh, don't believe the first lot. Yeah, really, pretty much.
0: But it's what you aim. You in the analytic tradition, you're aiming at rigor, and you're trying to get your Mm. Uh, thoughts ordered, and you're trying to get things in the right place, aren't you? So uh, classification. If, if we're going to do some work on this table, it's it's got four sides, uh, you know, and it's it's got four legs. It can be a member of of entities with four legs, like cats and dogs, but it's not a cat and dog. So you're yeah. you're, you're, you're just making yeah. distinctions. I mean,
1: those, those yes. A lot of this is going to sound like stating the bleeding obvious, mm. but the the question, um, the more the more sort of traditional philosophical question about table would be like, is there a, you know, is this table uh, a real, independently existing object in the world, or is it a product of a, of a mind yeah. um, in some way? Like maybe it's secondary. What we call secondary properties, like the green cover. Um, in some sense, that's produ- that sensation of green is produced in, in um, uh, with cooperation from our nervous system and our optical systems, and um, well, that's therefore that... there's some kind of mind-dependent. Quality about it, you know. So there's a yeah. lot of stuff about the mind and the world and the interface
0: between the that's, two. That's that's a good one to bring up actually because I am actually colourblind. Oh, are you? Yes. So I, yeah. So, the, yeah, so your there you I go. Think it's,
1: Classic it's, example. Yeah, so it
0: is. It, yes. Yeah, so it's John Locke is it say so he its primary qualities are the tables, the yeah. tabletops, uh, solidity. solidity or squareness or whatever it is. Mm. And that doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I see. It still is there. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. And the greenness is perceiver dependent. So yeah, I, I a... theoretically can't see it. You can, I guess.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Bat, you know, animals have different kind of perceptual um, systems. So. Mm.
0: so it's about yeah. So the important thing there is to, in terms of where we're going to go in this discussion, is that things to defend a realistic view. You know, uh, to defend truth, something has to correspond with facts and on your realistic view it can it can exist independently of you and it doesn't matter what you think it certainly doesn't matter what your opinion is
1: um i don't know about what doesn't matter what you think it certainly doesn't matter what an individual thinks
0: yes yeah, that's what i mean um,
1: yeah. but i mean in order to get a sense of where i'm going in that book you need a sense of the opposition as it were and in philosophy you often need to be to know who your enemy is argumentatively mm. in order to give the thing some kind of drama. So the opposition are people who think that everything, um, including the table and atoms and anything you can think of um, is socially constructed by through human intellectual behaviour. Hmm. And I'm saying, well, no, no. <laughs> there are, you know, there, I don't, I'm not, I'm not naive about it. Obviously the mind contributes quite a lot to our understanding and our perception of the world as we've just demonstrated. Hmm. Um, but there are still things that exist before us and will exist after us that our minds are kind of latching on to um, and we either get those things right or sort of right or we get them very wrong but rightness and wrongness are determined part by the fit partly between their thoughts and in but some so, sense of fit yes and the world. So,
0: but so social constructivists they do have some i mean some meaning uh is is formed that way isn't it I mean, you know the sort of tennis ball example if you introduced a tennis ball to someone that didn't know anything about tennis it wouldn't have very much meaning but if to us it does have a sort of socially constructed thing you, the, the tennis ball is a tennis ball right well yeah spirit, i mean i'm not denying yeah. the
1: existence of, of social meaning in the sense of resonance connotations um communicative uh I- ideas that can we can communicate about the things but mm. social constructionism as i just introduced it is much much more radical yeah, because, yeah. you know we can there's nothing there's nothing intelligible um that's mind independent mm. uh, uh yeah mind independent. so mm. i mean there's there's more there's some sophisticated articulations of that and then there's some very unsophisticated articulations of that so i'm not i'm not saying it's all uninteresting or terrible, mm. but the way it comes into the sex and gender debate is suddenly people get very specific about womanhood and, they, and manhood to some extent, but more womanhood, you know, and they say that and, and, and indeed being female or male, mm. there is no such thing as biological sex. Sex is just a social construction, ignoring the fact that throughout the natural world, there's this, you know, enormously important division yeah. between the male uh, species male uh, exemplars of a species and the yeah. female.
0: It just seems, yeah, it's not even, it's not even a rebellious position, that is, to me, it's um, just wrong. It just,
1: it's, it's, it's yeah. pretty, um, I find it odd because it, as I say in the book, fair enough, be a social constructionist if you want, but most social constructivists um, are still sort of happy to ignore the reality of the things they think are socially constructed. But what's really peculiar about this move about femaleness and womanhood, is that they not only say it's socially constructed, but they want to say it doesn't really exist. And that's...
0: And they're going too far in there. That's and very actually odd. As an actually, there's a distinction, isn't there, between an intellectual exercise of being, it's like being an ultimate um, sceptic about everything, which philosophers do a lot. Mm. And, uh, you know, but then they're not sceptical about their, their dinner later on no. the night. Or, or as Ian Hacking said, no. who wrote one of the books on... Exactly. You know, he, you know you're not... You
1: still get on the aeroplane.
0: You still get on the aeroplane, because you're fairly yeah. certain. It's going to be... Yeah. Yeah, and it's not social socially constructed, it's physics.
1: I mean, yeah, so in that um. sense, these people who really, the die-hard zealots who say sex is a spectrum or it's signed at birth or whatever they mean, mm. they're in really bad faith because they still know which people get pregnant. Yes, and they still might even take precautions, you yeah, know, of course. <laughs> to stop those people getting pregnant, yeah. or want those people to get pregnant. You know, that,
0: so that's a little bit like because in economics uh, economists talk about uh, st- you know stated tr- stated preference, don't they? And then mm. revealed preference, which is often different. Mm. And in politics, you get this, mm. you know, well, exactly. uh, middle class liberals profess liberalism, and uh, their stated preference in terms of where they want to live is quite different. So they. We get the truth. We get the we get reality the truth through the behaviour. If you're a behaviourist
1: about belief, then you can yeah. say they don't really believe um, what they're saying, and in fact, you can see that in a different way because they always know which sex to pick on.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, I want to get into some of the ideas in the book in a sec, but I just want to, before we finish on philosophy mm. itself, um, how y- y- you appear to sort of be—you you are the most prominent figure. In philosophy, making this point, hmm. I think. Well, there's not that many of us. No, yeah, but so why? I mean, you know, because I, how well or badly has is, is British philosophy done in this? Uh, are a lot of people hiding, that believe yes. what you. you uh, yes. Yes.
1: Um, I think the thing is to try and be charitable to a lot of the British philosophers who stay away from this stuff. The philosophy involved in the enemy camp is so bad mm. that it would almost be beneath them to get involved with it at an abstract level. I it's mean, just
0: getting their hands dirty. Yeah, yeah
1: I mean, like, yeah. why would you,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> unless the political context demanded it, why would you spend a book explaining to people that there's females and males and, you know, you can't change sex, we're not clownfish, you know, that sort of thing? I mean, it just seems uh, very uh, uninteresting work to yeah. the average philosopher. But there's also the fact that there's a very vocal small group of um, they would call themselves feminist philosophers um, who are big on social media and will immediately identify anyone who says the things I say as transphobic. And that's not very pleasant. And philosophers don't like conflict in that sense. So um, it's it's partly a matter of... Is
0: there some job protection here as well? I mean, you know, literally if people... Yeah, well, I mean,
1: they're unlikely to be made Yes, at a junior level, there's definitely job protection because I know I personally know quite a few young philosophers who think this is all absolute nonsense. Mm. But are very nervous of engaging with it Mm. publicly because they think that it means they won't get a job. And, you know, there's hardly any jobs in philosophy anyway. Mm. Um, And once you do get in on the ladder, then you've got promotions coming up and you've got colleagues that you want to get on with. Mm. And because this is such a hot button issue. And, and, in, and in other departments, it can be—you know—the whole department can be rabidly transactivist, mm. particularly if you've got a gender studies department nearby. Mm. It just makes your life difficult when most people don't want their lives to be difficult.
0: Yeah, I can see that. It's—it's I, it's disappointing. I mean, there's one other sort of charge, a much broader one, which which people have made, uh, which is that you know philosophy at, at any age just um, represents the going political view, the going social view, and you know, so it's, it, there's no. On that account, there's no, there's, no, there's, no, that. there's no real progress, I mean, there's no real uh, attempt to, to get at the truth in inverted commas, you just, is changes like the fashion in hats. Well, that's, that's I think very it's true aggressive. of some philosophers and mm.
1: particularly um, given the system which encourages you to, well, forces you to publish mm. every year. Um, and you've got to always do something original, so you've got to look at sort of Uh, logical space, as it were, or conceptual space and say, okay, there's this bit here that nobody's argued for. Okay, right, I'll give this a go, but it's very close to this position. So, you know, it's sort of in this safe ballpark. You're not off here, Mm. you know, trying to bring down the whole edifice. So you're tinkering around with existing views and you can get an article out of it in a good journal. Well, that's a tick for your CV. I mean, it's very, it's not, we're not talking, sitting around in the, in the uh, Agora. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah, we haven't yeah, Anymore. Yeah. We're talking about being forced to publish.
0: But there is actually, I mean, I mentioned before we kicked off that I'm keen on Epicurus, but the, there isn't anything new in a, in a sense in this. He get, I think Epicurus gave a, a speech at Colophon, uh, 3rd century BC, where he doubted the existence of gods, the gods. There was. I think some people were killed. There was an, he nearly lost his life. He was very young. Never did that again. Went off to Athens, formulated a different formulation, which was that the gods exist but they don't do anything, so that's perfect, that's a perfect yeah. formulation. Never, anyway, they're not interested in us, so, yeah, but, so I, don't, bit... I don't genuinely believe he believed that.
1: Well there's bits in David Hume where you can see that he's he's definitely trying to temper his atheism for the yes. audience. We I mean, see it all the time, yeah. but what you see these days, I mean maybe this is always thus, is people basically, especially, and I see it specifically in political philosophy and specifically in gender studies and feminist mm. philosophy, mm. They're basically taking the conclusion that Tumblr has produced or, mm. you know, or their students have produced, mm. um, i.e. trans women or women, for instance, taking that as their starting point and going, okay, now what complicated metaphysical apparatus can I bring in to show this is true? Mm. But the, met- the the impetus is just nakedly to get the right answer, the socially yeah. acceptable well, answer that will yeah. get them some kudos.
0: But in, it's not yes. Yeah, so not just in this academic discipline. All academic disciplines, dredging, p-hacking happens. Mm-hmm. People, you know. So yeah, you want to Yeah, know it's a bit disappointing. It is. it is disappointing, but it is the world we live in.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I
0: know. So let's let's crack on and uh, and go into some of the claims of the book. So I mean, obviously, people are aware of this this this, this sort of central uh, thing in, in in up for debate to some extent is, you know, what is a woman? What makes a woman? What is a clincher in that? Mm. Uh, you know, some people take a very economical view, which is basically mine, which is its chromosomes. It's the easiest, most economical. Well, I should
1: take an even more economical view, if not chromosomes. Yeah, because, um, you know, there are males and females plants that don't have our chromosomes. It's uh, it's being on a developmental pathway to produce large gametes or small yeah, gametes. But, well, you, yeah, in you, our case, you, you have three.
0: Yeah, but... you could you could you, you have you you them in the book three different approaches that. But anyway, it is an ultra economical way and mm-hmm. I, I realise you've got intersex people as well, but that's one way. And then the another way that, that is popular now is to say that it's all about gender identity, whatever that is. And I find it, for a start, I, I genuinely find it hard to get across the concept. Mm. Um, many people wouldn't have, it wouldn't have occurred to them where they have a gender identity. Mm-hmm. So you you set out the basic claims of trans ideology in the book, and you've got four. So the first one is that everyone has a gender identity. Uh, Second one, sometimes gender identity doesn't match biological sex. Well, I would say that's probably true. I mean, isn't it? Isn't that true? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that's
1: true. But not the first one. Not everyone has one. You obviously have to define what you mean by gender identity. But there are some people who don't feel, you know, strongly feel in some sense, they're more identified with the opposite sex than their own sex.
0: Mm. And that's the difficulty. So, you, you, while you know biological sex is concrete and material, mm-hmm. and uh, gender identity is not, it, it's, it's extremely difficult to define. And if you're going to have seventy different gender, it's almost impossible. I don't.
1: Well, that's the extra step that you know initially the uh, the idea of gender identity took its context from biological sex. So you either had supposedly a gender identity which fitted with your own biological sex. Mm or you had one that fitted with the opposite sex, or maybe at the limit you had one which fitted with neither. Mm. But those, were, those were the options, so mm. you were a bit you're ambiguous, you were sort of androgynous, say. or you felt androgynous, or you felt masculine, or you felt feminine. Mm. Um, then people started to add in extra gender identities, um, like being um, gender fluid, like one day you're this, and the next day you're that, or agender, you don't have any gender, <laughs> which is in fact most people. So they sort of took the absence of a feeling of gender identity as a positive, Mm. attribute mm. um and from then on it just spiraled based this is obviously no no science no scientist in a lab is coming up with this stuff it's basically popular culture Theory. just like yeah. memeing yeah, 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 stuff yeah. all over the place yeah. it comes from yeah. tumblr it comes from teenagers mucking yeah. about on the internet mm. but um but it does come from, this I mean, very are... weird moment where people are taking that and putting it into university policies yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's it's
0: astonishing how how uh, you know I, it reinforces the view that uh one of the most important. Words in the English language is no. Yes. And they don't, they, you know, institutions and other people seem to uh, be unable to do we, this. We don't have that. But it's still, I found it an extremely difficult concept. Mm. Uh, and it partly, as you say, the, the, on the biological side, it's, uh, it's it's reasonably stable, isn't it? It's a stable. Well, it's yeah, definitely stability. stable, is, so you, it doesn't change. Yeah, so, you, so that's there. And on the other side, it can fluctuate and it's very, very hard to define. And it's particularly hard to define without having recourse to quite old-fashioned stereotypes right
1: yes yes Uh, because what it is to be say for me to be identified with the male sex is is to sort of feel that i fit more with certain characteristics um stereotypically attack um stereotypically attributed to males Mm. um they don't all have to be like sexist ones i don't actually totally go along with the, the sort of Idea, critical idea, you often hear that it's nothing but sort of pernicious social stereotypes. But it is true that when a man says he's a woman mm. and then often is asked why, he says, well, I've always liked lipstick or, yeah, yeah. you know, I just feel at home in a floral frock.
0: Yeah, um, it's like the Matt, Matt Walsh uh, film, wasn't it? I like scented candles, I watch Sex in the <laughs> City. I, I might be trans myself, you know. Which, and you
1: me. know, once you start thinking like that, you yeah. get you, there's a backlash. So look at, you know, you can see yeah. that I dress mostly like a man on a six foot tall. And then there's lots of people on the internet saying, gosh she's a failed woman, <laughs> you know, she, yeah, she doesn't like scented candles or lipstick. But in, in a way,
0: yeah, but the, I think the problem is the cause in our thinking, and you talk about narrative a lot and, and obviously legal fictions in the book, but the, the, arguably the cause of certainly the expansion, massive expansion in this, is just a failure to grasp that the, there are so many different types of men and women.
1: Yes. And include there are types of men that have surgery to give themselves breasts mm. <laughs> you know mm. there are types of men that cut their own pe- get their mm. penises cut mm. off mm. and take hormones that give them uh, the appearance of female secondary sex characteristics mm. and there are men who don't do any of those things but have um, a fetish that gives them an erection when they put on a dress mm. and you know we're not there's been a big sort of taboo about saying those things but there are many ways to be a man and there are many ways to be a woman, but you can't actually change.
0: <laughs> you can't. Stage. No, but it's, yeah, well, what I was getting at is that if we had a, if we were more liberal in our definitions the, uh, of? Of, of femininity and masculinity, if we accepted there at yeah. and it's, although you I know, don't know they, that
1: we, there's some, we should, you know, we don't have to accept like extremely harmful, no, not, male associated at all. behavior or female associated behavior, but yes, absolutely. Yeah, but, we can be more relaxed about the ways in which you could be a man. Um, then arguably, especially for younger people who are feeling confused about this, they wouldn't mm. feel the pressure to put themselves yeah, in one to, box decide. or the other.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you're immediately prior to you getting involved with this, you were looking at uh, uh, legal fictions, weren't you? Sorry, uh, uh, fictions generally, fictions. fiction generally. Yes, yeah, So that
1: was my specialty. Yeah. So
0: one one, one, I've never, I've never read this, but I, uh, I I'm always interested in metaphor, you know, because, because metaphor is, um, is is not literally true but it does in terms of meaning it does heavier lifting quite often than literal Mm. truth Mm. so has anyone has any uh, trans theorist used that as an example of something that which does provide meaning it's not literally true but it's but metaphor we use metaphor all the time and it does massive uh work Um, on meaning i mean i'm surprised they haven't to be honest
1: but the thing is that there's not one body of thought on this even from the trans activist side so Although someone like Judith Butler comes in for some heavy criticism in my book, hmm. I think it's fair to say that she would not... Um, she thinks things should be more fluid. She, she, you know, She's someone who thinks there sh- that gender should be more fluid. She thinks it should be so fluid that we should get, to get rid of the categories of men and women all, altogether because she thinks of those as constraining. But she... Um, I don't think that she would... I don't was- know for sure, but this idea, you know, the very literal idea of... A man trapped in a woman's body. Mm. <laughs> I don't mm. think that's something that she would think was literally true. But the trouble is, when you put all these ideas, these sort of highfalutin, um, mystical, almost quasi mystical ideas into popular culture, people start to literalize them and concretize mm. them, and then they say, "You yeah, know, I really am a woman." Well, that's you know?
0: yeah. So you get into compelled speech, and it becomes yeah. You talk so about maybe metaphor truth. would
1: help. In the book, I talk about fiction. Just we're, we're immersed in a fiction, and it, we do that all the time. People humans have the capacity to immerse themselves in fictions that are not literally true. Yeah. But it's, so, it's, so
0: before yeah. we, we go on to some of the consequences of, of, of some of the trans theory, what would you say trans ideology gets right, if anything? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, I, was, I, mean, uh,
1: I suppose my, the most generous... Um, I do honestly find it like difficult to find anything good about it because it's not philosophically sophisticated, and it also has all these terrible real-world harms that its proponents are completely blind, blind to, to you, and you. they become yeah. very fanatical very quickly. So mm. it's not, not a good sign of a theory that it turns its proponents into fanatics. However, yeah. um, just to be, try and be generous, I do think um, that the political attempt to push being non-binary um, i.e. To, to say that you can be neither masculine nor feminine or neither particularly one or the other or not, feel not particularly like a man, not particularly like a woman, is some kind of mis- definitely misguided attempt to capture the sort of thing I actually think is true, which is and that we've just been talking yeah, about, is, that we don't fit into boxes. Of course, that the gender really is a spectrum, Yeah. and most of us are not at yeah. one pole or the other of it.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't. You, you're just as much a man or woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, That's 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 what I, I think that's right. Yeah. So moving on to the consequences, um, you, say, you you obviously refer in the book a lot of there's a lot of goodwill. Um, I think we often politically and generally uh, underestimate goodwill everywhere actually. There's a lot of goodwill around Mm -hmm. and a lot of people will just argue that since there are, uh, you know, gender dysphoria exists uh, and we're a liberal society, Mm. um, why can't we just give uh, trans people a pass uh, and uh, if it makes them happy. Give them a pass. (coughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, that's how how Ben Copley would describe it on lots of lots of um, other areas of, uh, you know, of um, uh, radical activism. People are happy, and they'll agitate, and 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 they they they're happy when you say, okay, I'll give in. You can just have it.
1: But, but, but can I just clarify? Like, what we're not even clear what giving them a pass means.
0: G- giving them what they want.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, even if we just so that that could be a range of things. That could be accept me as the woman I am, if it's a man, mm. or um, let me on the sports team, or let me in the bathroom, or let me in the, in the rape crisis shelter or the prison or whatever Mm. um but even if we just forget about all the the i think pretty obviously predictable real world harms that come in once you get into the spaces argument if we Mm. just take it about trans people Mm. it's not necessarily and especially young trans identified kids, mm. it's not necessarily good for them to give them what they want.
0: No, oh, totally. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually just saying that the, I think one of the causes of, uh, the, because you could ask the question why any ideology washes over institutions to the extent it has, mm. and it has. So why has it happened? Right. I think it's goodwill. I think lo, a lot of the time goodwill, cow- you could say cowardice or whatever, but a lot of the time it's well, you know, we want to be nice. So let's be nice.
1: I think it's definitely goodwill, but we also, those people need to scrutinise why they feel this particular goodwill in this area, but not necessarily in other areas. To, or to other people. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why is this so easy for them to get on board with, but not, for instance, like um, really championing the cause of disabled people or really actually championing the cause of anti-racism? You know, it seems a lot easier for some people to, um, to
0: well, we posture
1: we, about yeah. trans people and it is about any other group, and I think that they need to psychoanalyze themselves. <laughs> yeah,
0: you make, a, you make an interesting uh, plea for intersectionality at the end, which I slightly, <laughs> slightly agree with, I, from the point of social class, because yeah, we exactly. the only party that mentions it. Exactly,
1: you know, well, working class people. Massively are, salient. It's just embarrassing. Yeah. People find all of those things too difficult, especially mm. middle class people, too difficult, you know, and, and maybe their own interests might end up getting mm. pushed against, but they see trans people's interests as so sort of exotic and discreet, mm. um, Plus, there's a real element, an unspoken element. I'm afraid of pity, and mm. not in a good way. Mm. And I'm not—I mean, I'm not t- talking about me. I mm. respect trans people as mm. I take them as I find them. But you know, there's a real kind of exoticizing mm. going on. Mm. Of oh, just give them what they want.
0: Yeah, yeah be and nice. it's
1: patronizing as hell. It is. No,
0: I've seen, but that you see that in race as well. You see that no, all, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, but one of the—I'm just going to run through very quickly some of the consequences as I sure. see them. Sorry. So, so the consequences first consequences actually to truth itself Mm -hmm. because uh, yes we sort of engage in a a legal fiction and by and large people I think will accommodate that in most domains not all but they they will but I think say when you get a situation if you're if you're committed to truth and truthfulness you're also committed to accuracy accessibility some other things sincerity Mm -hmm. Um, when you read in a a newspaper an account of uh, an assault and it, it might say you know um it might describe a trans woman as a woman without saying trans at all yeah and th- so that's a casualty and i think people you know it's it's, it's the her penis thing you know mm-hmm. people that's i think the problem with that is in public discourse in things like newspapers and what the bbc do it's sort of it's like a sort of um debasement and it, it also causes i think demoralization do you think that's fair
1: Completely fair. Um, I mean, it's a casualty to truth, but also the truth feeds into lot. Obviously, (laughs) it's the truth. uh, Lots of different discourses, civil discourses, policy discourses. Mm. I mean, you know, if you're going to start calling uh, rapists, male rapists, uh, women, just because they tell you just before they're about to be convicted that they are, you know, you're going to change the statistics on female rapists and they and and they have they've gone up massively in the last few years you know and it's not I mean it's not even possible under law for a woman to rape a man she could be an accessory but you have to have a penis in the first place so the whole thing's really you know if the law is supposed ideally to be clear it's adding endless obfuscation and um, if you care about getting accurate information about um, different behavioural patterns between the sexes, which do exist, mm. then you're going to lose them.
0: So and, and it's a massive casualty there, because an, an point that Alice Sullivan's made is that you can't actually do what what she does on quantitative social no. science cannot be done. No, it's just if you mess with, with the figures, it's, it's gone.
1: I mean, the same issue uh, is uh, faces research on lesbians. I mean, there just is no robust hardly any robust data on lesbians anymore mm. because they're always being put into some other group for a start it's not mm. even a this has got nothing to do with trans activism it's like lesbians and gay men are always put together as a group as if there aren't any interesting differences between the behaviors of lesbians and gay men i mean there clearly are or it's lesbians and bisexual women and and at the moment the the category of bisexual woman is going up like that because mm. it's a trend at the mm. moment mm. For, so you know it's gone up tens of percents mm. but most of those women won't sleep with women so actually the category has just become expanded well, that, to point of well, meaninglessness we're
0: back in we're back into stated preferences and revealed yes, preferences. yes yes um, i mean
1: and it is tricky because obviously it's hard for researchers to get at people's real preferences about sexuality, particularly when lots of people confuse themselves about their own sexuality or don't want to say. Mm. But we don't need to make it harder than it already is by including males who say they're lesbians mm. in the group. Mm. I mean, that just makes a nonsense of it.
0: So, another, I, no, I totally agree with that. I, I, another casualty, I think, is, is um, which obviously hit the news in Canada didn't a, few, a few years ago, a compelled speech. You mm. know? Now again, goodwill. Most people will will want to be friendly and will agree with it. But it's it's when it's when it's insisted on, and if it's a yeah a rights violation not to do so, I, I have a problem with that.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the atmosphere in in many institutions at the moment, and particularly universities, but not just universities, is it's impossible not uh, it's almost impossible not to go along with. Um, what is being demanded of you, because mm. the, it's, it, it's in so many policy documents. It's in websites. It's, it's reinforced by these um, holy Stonewall days. Mm. Um, there's just this massive manipulative attempt to get you to agree that the person in front of you that you know is not a woman mm. is a woman and that you must call her she and you must say woman and you mm. must watch what you say on a range of issues in case you offend them. And some of these um, university policies have things like um, you know, if a person tells you, you, you that they are a woman, you have to believe them. It's not even saying... That's, you,
0: that's, <laughs> a, that's it's totally Soviet, I mean that's Orwellian, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Full, full Orwellian now, I know. public truth it's right. It says something truth.
1: like, there's one in, I think it was the University of Leeds, it says something yeah. like think of the person as being the gender they tell you they are. Mm. So this is not even about what you say, it's My, like telling you how to think.
0: Yeah, we're getting into mind control, very worrying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So another but a sort of more concrete thing I guess or a very concrete thing is actually the rights that are accrued uh, by the legislation which attaches to some of this stuff mm-hmm. and then you're in just proper Contestation political contestation. I would say economics is, is about what you can make and politics is about what you get now, who, who gets what and uh, The odd thing is that this is uh, you know a lot of interests Women's interests in particular mm-hmm. have not I don't think the people that originally set out on this journey really thought very carefully about There's a trade-off, you know, what is going to happen? What are I the think consequences? that's fair. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I actually just,
1: know somebody uh,
0: who was vaguely who was
1: at the founding of the Yogi Kata principles and he says oh, I didn't think about it at all
0: No, it just and then it just went <laughs> mad, oh, well, but then it has to but then the clash with reality the sort of reckoning it uh, does happen eventually and um, uh, You know, it's like Scotland, you know put a double rapist into a women's prison and then it just flips and people say no We're not having that but actually the the, the Probably the mainstream position was against that all along. That's the thing.
1: Yes, but there is still I don't know. I, I mean these these outrages that that particular outrage the Adam Bryson one um, So being a male Rape is put in a women's prison, and he's
0: not the first, I mean, mm. can, that, that was just be. the one the public
1: noticed, but there's actually lots of others.
0: Well, you make a point, actually, just on, although absolute numbers are very much smaller, you make a point, I don't know what the, the exact percentage is, but the number, the, uh, the number of uh, convicts that are trans women, for instance, mm. uh, that are, are locked up for sexual offences, Sex yeah. half, isn't it, About half? it's
1: high i can't remember right now but it's it's much higher than the male average yeah yeah um now that could be for a number of reasons one is that you've obviously got an interest in identifying as a woman there's Mm. a horrific story in the paper today so Mm. i was just thinking of this as yet and you know these these the, the women that are victims of this and the children their stories come out regularly now but i don't know there's still this inability for um, public bodies or government or policy uh, policy makers to take all of them together and see, <laughs> that
0: see this, the big thing the big thing that's yeah. going
1: on but today it was mm. um, a woman very bravely who's who's identified herself as being abused by her father for years and images of her sold on by him mm. to other paedophiles mm. and he transitioned in prison um, has come out as a woman and she now has you know, the normal rights that she would have as a victim to know where he was, mm. he, she doesn't have them anymore because mm. he's changed his identity. Mm. And and then the state's now acting as if they need to protect
0: him. him not her. <laughs> not yeah, her. Not the victim, yeah. And it's
1: obviously a cr- completely insane. Um mind blowing for your your paedophile father to be identifying as a woman yeah. in any case. So the whole thing's absolutely disgusting. But mm. you know, these cases are coming out, cases like that or the women's sports where where women that have young women that have worked, trained for years to get somewhere miss out because a man just saunters in and age yeah. 45. Yeah. No, I've, <laughs> I've, I've,
0: debated, I've debated people, if you debate, because I think, I mean, when we made S T B policy on this, I was, I was looking forward to doing it. It's, uh, I, I love categories and, and <laughs> you know, and so we, we you know, talked to a lot of people, including yourself, and, and tried to get it right. And I think we got it right. But I think that things like sport is, is, is a basic easy win. But it, it, when I debate it with people, Particularly young people, a lot of young women actually will mm. debate it with me yeah, yeah, yeah. and just not see it and say it doesn't matter, so, you know, have, uh, safety is the easiest thing, I, mean, I actually spoke to a, a, a student sports rep at a, one of the plate Glass universities and I said, we, you know, so what, what is your policy on, on trans rugby players? She was a rugby player herself. <laughs> Oh, we don't, we don't have one. They can just play. Wait, are any of them playing? She said, well, no. But When that happens, do you realise, you know, <laughs> do you have to have someone maimed? This is going to happen. Do you oh, think we...
1: something magical is going to happen and yeah. they're suddenly going to lose half their body weight?
0: Yeah, and it wasn't. And it wasn't. It's just like, let's pretend it's not there and we really know. not engaged That's with it. This is a, you know, a very intelligent person. Yeah, doesn't I know. Really well, well intelligent. I, I know. It doesn't always coincide with wisdom. But, <laughs> no. it, but it was, no, it was, it was sort of scary. And I thought, well, what will it take? I mean, my, my hunch is that, unfortunately, it'll have to take... I mean, it's like the tennis has been on now this weekend. You know, you, it'll have to take, you know, some some man, man beating uh, Emma Radicano in the singles f- final, and then and then people say, well, it's not fair. You know, they can see it's not fair, uh, but you won't yes, have any. I mean,
1: yeah, maybe I don't know because you can already find those cases. You can find them in the olympics you can find them in the world paralympics that just happened mm. um
0: but it's the profile it's like it's like the the scotland thing it's the pretty I many those things have already yeah. happened before well, and someone
1: breaking their neck
0: yeah suddenly suddenly it, it happens um i mean i, I this is a a, a a side issue i think the again when you i think a, a lot of these things the people that make the running that have the power effectively because uh, the interest groups and agitators have had the power in this um, they have the power, but they don't have hegemony. and the you know public attitudes out in the hinterland in reality don't yeah. correspond with these things, and very little uh, account is taken with it. I mean just on definitions i I love tabletop uh, analogies when I 'm talking about stuff, so it, it just seems to me odd that defining a woman uh. Uh, what it, how we define a woman the definition has been changed by on the tabletop, quite a small group in the corner. And yet the majority of people in this country in most countries are women and then they weren't really asked and it mm. affects them and they, they You know their own definition their own. I guess their own identity, you know It's uh, a bit I mean, presumption.
1: Yes, it is although You know a lot of the people unfortunately that did that in the corner are women um, As you sort of identified mm. earlier when you said it was a woman that was doing this I mean often it's women that are most vociferous mm. Cheerleaders this and because they are women it gives them some kind of authority to speak, you know, in the eyes of others for the 51 percent of the human Population. race. Yeah. But I mean, in my view, we made a big mistake. Feminism made a big mistake in making womanhood an identity at all. <laughs> it's just the wrong way to think about it. I mean, I understand how in colloquial ways of speaking, yeah, we mm. say like "Oh, how to be a woman. Um, but there is no how-to about being a woman. It's something you have no control over whatsoever. No. You either are or, or you, you aren't. aren't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not an identity. It's not a skill you can master. Mm. It's not a, a standard you can attain. All of that normative talk. Um, we should have been philosophers. Should have been more careful to distinguish like normative discussion about womanhood from def- definitional discussion of womanhood. The two are not the same. And in fact, normative stuff is really just sort of badly expressed about, it's really about femininity, mm. it's not about mm. womanhood, womanhood I guess, is a state. you're but, an adult human female, you're a woman, you know, that's it.
0: You could, you, I guess you could trace, you could trace a lot of this back to, what, you know what I might call proper philosophers, but I don't think Butler's a proper philosopher. I don't think I don't, I don't think so. Say that again. I don't think Butler is a proper philosopher. <laughs> I think you know you, you, uh, just it's in, it's it's. Well, she yeah.
1: Apparently she was giving an interview the other day, and she doesn't think I am either. So <laughs> well, it's uh,
0: reciprocal. We we di- we differ. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other consequence uh, that I want to get into, which is, it has massive political salience, is the impact of this on children. And mm. uh, obviously, I you know speak to people all over the country, and a typical a normal. Uh, response to me as a politician is, someone will say, uh, you know, I've got a a seven-year-old daughter. I don't want her to go to school and be told she's not a girl. Yeah, And I agree with that. So what, you know, policy terms, it's it's everywhere, isn't it? Well, how do you, do you you have a rule? You you literally have to have a rule that this can't be mentioned or can't be taught. What do you do?
1: I don't have an easy answer to what goes on in schools, to be honest, Um, because it's uh, unfortunately, the stable door is now so wide open yeah. and On the social internet media. is yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. widely available. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think not talking about it will do, mm. unfortunately.
0: But that's what irritates parents. What I'm, what I'm saying is that they... Because when, when, you, when, when your five-year-old goes off to school, you, you lose uh, influence over them. Yeah. And so that's a big hurdle anyway. But they... parents feel... I just, I just don't want this. I don't want the seeds to be... Uh, no, I don't to, mean. To, to, I mean, what set. needs to
1: happen, um, at least, is um institution needs to work in parallel and there is thank god some movement in the nhs towards sanity now Mm. and there is um an attempt to get evidence proper evidence (laughs) not just cherry-picked um anecdotal evidence which Mm. seemed to be all that anyone was going on Mm. about how to treat children with gender dysphoria Mm. and how to react to them and it's not obvious that you should try trans- you should affirm them at all in fact it's obvious you shouldn't to me. oh not at all yeah no, yeah I, you should yeah. so once this body of evidence becomes sort of firmed up it needs to... everyone needs to know about it mm. you know there needs to be no argument about it mm. um and do you have faith to that... then for therefore then they can start saying well on the basis of evidence this is the, the best way to treat this child who has some confusion do you
0: actually have faith that the evidence could be produced in a in a good faith manner and published? Yes, yeah.
1: yes. I think it, that is one of the advantages of um, there being a methodology, a scientific methodology, mm. an established one. Mm. Um, and there's a whole raft of conceptual tools already existing um, which were not being applied because mm. this was somehow uh, gender dysphoria was sort of carved out as totally separate and unrelated to any other mental health problem or physical issue. And it was given to so-called experts who were t- who took charge of it. Um, and everyone else just thought, oh, well, they know what they're doing. They didn't think twice. Mm. And then when you look at what they were actually doing, well, what they're doing it's is, astonishing. It's, but
0: it's, isn't it, I don't know if it's rare or is there any case where, uh, you know, you could argue what was diagnosed as a mental illness uh, is, is treated by physical interventions. Yeah, treated
1: by physical interventions that were exper- experimental, experimental and for which there was yeah. no... Um, compelling evidence base and for which there were a lot of worries mm. about the the, the the medicine that it had all these side effects that mm. were already becoming apparent you know mm. like bone health for instance osteoporo- mm. early onset osteoporosis mm. and chances.
0: all that's going to all that's going to come out unfortunately. well it can't yeah. I don't
1: see how it can't mm. come out it was mm. disputed but I mean um, lots of gender clinics, clinics that have been treating children with gender dysphoria, are stopping using puberty blockers in Finland, and I think in Sweden. Um, And so, and the UK is now on it through this uh, review, NHS review by Hilary Cass. So, um, that will filter down, and I've noticed doctors from other areas coming in and using terms like iatrogenic harm, you know, harm that's caused by the the medical treatment itself, or, mm. or basically saying, um, using quite bold terms like child abuse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? well some like... do, I mean actually someone,
0: yeah, some activists do, do, I mean Percy Parker probably would say that. Uh, yeah, I mean li- sometimes pom- you just need to say, yeah, yeah.
1: this is really, there is no good way of dressing up what has been happening See? here. I'm really a good fan, I'm a big fan of um, an internet meme which people tend to stick at the bottom of various trans activists or celebrities and it says start thinking of an excuse why you agreed to sterilising children. Mm. <laughs> That's, yeah. People should start thinking about their excuses.
0: Yeah, well it is changing, I read I think it was last week there was a piece in about Australian insurance industry. Right. Uh, refusing to ensure doctors that practice this, so, right? You know, and actually that that, yeah, that might be a, could be a big liability. A Either way, it's 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 astonishing the uh, the incidence of gender dysphoria in children. So I've got the f- figures in your book uh, in 2010. I think this is the UK figure uh, r- r- uh, referred to the NHS 72 in 2010. Ten mm. years later, 2,364. So what's your? I mean, lots been on talked about this. What's your What's your view on the the cause of that massive explosion of...
1: Well, partly gender dysphoria is very, in practice, has been very ill-defined, very loosely defined. I mean, really, that would include a child who turns up um, to their teacher and says, Oh, um, you know, I think I'm a boy, Mm. (laughs) Um, as opposed to someone who's profoundly distressed by their own body. Mm. um, Mm. And... And if you read Hannah Barnes's book, Time to Think, which gives you an overview of the evolution, if you want to call it that, of the Tavistock gender identity service, and it really is a staggering read, the early cohort um, were severely distressed. They were severely, they had multiple problems. So what you're saying, you're not
0: comparing like with like on these, on um, these Not persons.
1: anymore, no, yeah, because yeah. back then, you know, there was, I think there's, there's some staggering statistic in that book about how the likelihood of having a parent on the child sex offender register for this cohort is much higher mm. you know there's there's, there's really all, all there's sorts things of that psycho- psychologists must be like mm. thinking should have been thinking yeah there are there is stuff going on and there's obviously a high proportion of autism and then there's also a high proportion of same sex attracted mm. or proto same sex attracted people in this cohort and the tavistock themselves would people would Joking there, you know, there aren't going to be any gay people left if we carry on. Well, that's the so,
0: LGBT alliance uh, concern, isn't it? Of, yeah, of, of raising a, a generation of uh, gay and lesbian. But people.
1: what? But what happened? I mean, yes. Yeah, so there's all these concerns, and they're still concerns. But um, but then it that was in 2010. But then over that 10 years, smartphones happened, the internet happened, YouTube influencers happened, um, Tumblr happened, mm. and Stonewall in 2015. Um, following other organisations like gendered intelligence, who already had um, quite a lot of influence on youth culture, as it were, Mm. um, all got on board with this trans train idea Mm. and Mm. it became cool. Mm. And so now it is social contagion, a large large Mm. amount of it is social contagion. Mm. And teachers will say, oh, there's... When there's friends, no trans-identified ch- yeah. children in this one classroom, and then, all, then there's one, and then there's three, and then there's friends, seven, we'll you all, know, yeah, yeah. and then half of them are.
0: I can see that. I think the, I mean, what I would say, if you step back from the whole thing and you say, well, I think it's partly the cause of, of, of what, particularly what sort of Catholic theorists like Patrick Deneen talk about, which is the, the, the uh, current absence or the removal of, of, of boundaries and rootedness. And, you know, people, it's funny, I mentioned rootedness the other day at the party, and someone said that's a terrible idea, you know, you must be far right, you must be... Right. <laughs> oh, well, no, just you're talking about community, really. You're talking about, yeah, right. you know, just knowing... Th- the point that Deneen would make um, mm-hmm. is that, you know, a long time ago, someone would, would know that they were working class from the northeast, a Newcastle United fan, Roman Catholic, and a lot of other things. And so they, their sense of their mm-hmm. identity was there were ba- very very strong boundaries. They knew, in other, to, cr- to put it crudely, they knew who they were. And now that the, a lot of the boundaries have been removed, and we don't really know who we are, and, it's, and, and we're saying kid, to kids, "Oh, you decide. You, it's up to you." You know. And and the thinking is that if you if you apply some reasonable boundaries, like like religion. I mean, I'm I'm not a religious believer myself, but religion used to have the, the per- one of the purposes was to to, to to provide a boundary that you can kick against later. And mm. It was very healthy for people to say, oh, "Like." Actually, I'm deciding in my teeth. I'm not that, but th- there is a sense. I don't know if you agree. There is a sense that, that very, very young people are, are just are just not given the boundaries they were. So they don't know they're a boy or a girl. It really, I is don't up know to them. about
1: that. To be honest, I mean, I, it's a separate. I'm not. Mm. So, I'd have to agree with you on two points. Which is one that they don't have the boundaries they used to, and that that was feeding into this phenomenon. And I agree with you, obviously parenting styles have changed, mm. obviously they have, mm. but what my impression is more... Um, well, firstly, I'm aware, for instance, that um, amongst my lesbian friends of my generation, lots and lots of them ident- identified as boys, you know, it's not, it's not a new thing. Mm. What's new is our response to it. Mm. So it's the adult response to it that mm. I find is, is, is producing the phenomenon, mm. partly, at least partly contributing to it. Because when my friend um, Heidi used to call herself George for three years and really, really wanted to be a boy, you know, mm. um, yeah. I think her mum did call her George for three years, but, no, but nothing around her confirmed her in this belief and it passed. Whereas now, yeah,
0: I'm t- I, I'm always, you know, I,
1: it's more about question about why are the adults so keen? You know, what's going on with the adults? <laughs> mm. And that might also be some. Oh, that's true of liberalism, yeah, but no, you know, it's like, yeah, just no, kind feel, of like the status attached just, to it. Yeah, no, oh, feel, I'm so cool and I'm so no, that's liberal. Just, and... I,
0: again, another very crude look at it is just runaway liberalism. It's, it's where you have a situation where liberalism it gives you a whole series of rights, but it's, 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 it gives you what you want, basically. To deny me what I want is some sort of breach. you know. And I, I can have what I want, and that includes to define these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the, the vehemence in this debate, because sort of flippantly the interesting thing about the work you do in the book is, which is just, which is normal categories, normal analytical <coughs> philosophy, uh, and I would say, that actually, a few years ago, I think some, someone may have, you might have failed the first year Knowledge and Reality paper, or certainly you'd rather argue hard just saying, please myself, on an inner feeling, I can do what I like. And, but anyway, the heat and vehemence in this Mm. Debate is it's astonishing. And obviously, you, you're you're handing out at Sussex and they, you know national news, and flippantly you might say, well, you know, philosophers, you might have, uh, you know, an essentialist on something, or you know, a dualist might disagree with materialist or whatever, and they're they're perfectly fine with it. But in this mm. case, uh, you're making a case, and suddenly it's it's uh, that's yeah. appalling. Why, why, I think we know why that is, but why, why do you think that is? Why is there so much heat?
1: Um, I'm not sure I, I know for sure. I mean, I think there's definitely one element. is um, It possibly even comes from that goodwill that you were talking about earlier or slightly less charitably from the pity that I was talking about. Because I'm afraid to say I think that there is a kind of attitude. If we're talking about um, transsexuals, I think people you know, people sort of, it's easier for people to think of a transsexual male as a woman, because if they don't think of her as a woman, then they've got to think of her as a frustrated male. And that's really...
0: So it's mo- more it's economical. It's too confusing most, and yeah, more, brings it's... out
1: too many feelings of disturbance. So it's just sort of like... And they also, there's this thing which happens all the time, particularly on the left, of worrying what other people are going to think. You no, know, I'm all right, but what about these rabid... Mm. Um, you know oikes who are going yeah, to like take it too far Yeah, yeah so yeah, there's always yeah. a worry about danger and harm not from yourself I mean maybe you're projecting onto others but you know but from this other un, unwashed mass mm. of people who are going to like attack her as soon as we say she's not a woman so we've got to keep maintaining this fiction so they get there's there's definitely some of that going on that like if if you say that's a man obviously I don't go up to people say you're a man but if you say in category you know general categorical terms trans women are men, <laughs> um, you'll be raining down all sorts of terrible harm on them. So you've ru- I, so they feel I, I, then that they're like I, justice fighters. They've yeah, got to shut me up and yeah, it's a I, matter of, con- of I, urgency.
0: I, I think the reason is, my take on it is that I think there's, there's a lot more at stake for them. I mean, I think they, what you're doing is doing proper work and then just sort of popping their balloon or the emperor's new clothes and you do it, you can do it quite economically. And if you, if you, mm. if you deny you know, I, I mean, you know, the, the the phrase that we're encouraged to say in you know, a trans woman, women. I don't think they are. I think they're trans women. If you if you didn't need the word, if they were trans women, you wouldn't need the prefix trans yeah. anyway. So it just, you know, I think there's a lot, a lot at stake for them in that you, you're able to just they, they've they've created a, a narrative and a meaning in their lives, and what they this is, does explain the, the the hostility. They're desperately upset with people that says don't agree with you. And that's oh, why yeah. there isn't there isn't tolerance of it. But then
1: I mean you know, lots of there's lots of versions of that story. Like there's lots of you know, evangelical Christians that are constantly being mocked, but they're not sort of yeah. rageful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people say, Well, you're you know, you believe in a there's fantasy no or the rest yeah, yeah, of it, but yeah. people don't they get rageful. Yeah. Another element, I'm afraid, and it's not necessarily so we we've always got to distinguish between um different kinds of trans people as it were people who are attracted to trans identity for different reasons and there is um especially amongst trans women but not all of them by any means but there are some you know raging narcissists there are Mm. some absolutely Uh, off the scale i've I've noticed that unstable yeah
0: Yeah.
1: i mean why wouldn't it be unstable it's a category you're telling people anyone can identify into for any reason you will get total protection you know, you if yeah. you go to jail, you can choose your prison. Yeah, yeah. Once you come out of jail, your your red records are expunged. And we're surprised that a bunch of unstable, raging did, narcissists join this. But group. that's also no. But
0: that is that. Just to go back to what we were saying before, you know, a few minutes ago, that also very much plays into the sort of runaway liberalism thing, because you know some societies in the world are much more communitarian. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's mm-hmm. the it's the I we balance mm. in the West. The I we balance, the me us balances, I think, are completely out of whack. And mm. so if you if you have an ideology or a narrative it's all about me it's great you know it's all about <laughs> me and that that partly explains it i think um in any case the vehemence is there and and obviously i, I if you if you can I, i'd like to say a few words about what happened at oxford because the again it goes to the heart of the university mm. and it made made national news mm. again and um and prefix this by by Talking about the university in general, I think, which is which is uh, in trouble in the sense that John Gray wrote this. See what you think of this. It is hard to see why any sensible person would enrol in a humanities degree at the present time. They also learn that disagreement in ethics and politics is illegitimate. Basically, what he's—I mean—he's making. I mean, he's. in, a, in a, I love John Gray, and a, but a, and he's making a point in a, a typical John Gray way, but but it, there's a lot at stake here. If you can't, I mean, if you, yeah. can't put, for start, if you can't write that book and do normal work, you can't do philosophy in this area.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I love John Gray too, um, polemically. I enjoy reading him, but, I, and I'm, but I'm wary of doing a John Gray there because I am conscious that, as you are, in there are philosophy departments still going where absolutely almost anything is up for grabs, <laughs> almost anything. And it'd be crazy to think that just because you couldn't discuss this one thing that there was nothing of value going on there. Oh yeah, he's doing what he does. Great, pe- yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. I'm just making it clear. Yeah. I mean, everything yeah. I say is scrutinised and um, I, I, I think there's still a lot of value in the humanities. But what is certainly true is that um, too many departments or academics have, have decided that their philosophers you know it's just a term that you can add to to the to the things you're interested in your your research specialties or your areas of interest mm. and you can just say philosophy or you can specify epistemology or um, <clears> or <throat> some kind of post structuralism whatever it is, and you can have had no formal training in it really, mm. and you can understand practically nothing about it. you've read mm. a few um, introductory books and barely understood those you know and and what I found quite a lot teaching when I was teaching philosophy students who were also doing other subjects like English um, that they would come in and say oh my English tutor said that they're you know all truth is relative Mm. (laughs) on what grounds and they'd say oh well you know it's raining it's it's raining can be true here and false Mm. there Mm. that's not bloody relativism you know so it's it's, there's laziness going on a lot of humanities um in 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 an attempt to look deep because they got bored with doing what they should what I think is absolutely fascinating, which is analyzing literary texts, mm. endlessly rich literary text, but people have got bored with that and they want something a bit more kind of groovy and mm. sexy for themselves. And they are hollowing out the, the philosophical method and discipline. But a
0: trained philosopher, that's the irritating thing for a trained philosopher, is they would see, you'd see the flaws, You know, it just doesn't follow what they're seeing and you have to yeah. then to, to um, debate them, you have to educate them at the same time. Yeah, exactly, complete pain. quite
1: often yeah. they turn up to, my talks because I talks would be on literature quite often or fiction. And, mm. and they just sit there, with this sort of sneering scowl on their face. And then their question would be like, why are you doing this at all? This isn't interesting mm. <laughs> it's like, "Well, it's interesting to me, mate. You know, I mean, yeah. that's not really a question that even mm. in, in philosophy, we, we don't ask that sort of question. We ask targeted, specific yeah, but in, objections, and, and, but, <laughs> sense, but,
0: but philosophy. I mean, there's a sense where philosophy in a sense, some philosophers don't, don't care. I mean, what, what, what someone says, you know, this is why you talked earlier about non-engagement with non-philosophy. Mm. You know, some the, the joke, what was it? The, 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 one of the jokes, you know, when 1950s Oxford philosophy was very insular and uh, I think a, a tutor, uh, a philosophy tutor from Glasgow came down to speak and they're having a, uh, a meal afterwards and the, the Glasgow philosopher said, I hope you don't think bad of us in Glasgow. He said, no, no, we don't think of you at all. <laughs> and that's the, that's the sort of, you it's know, you can, yeah, it is, it's, it's very funny. Yeah. But, you know, there is, I suppose you could do that. But Oxford, I mean, how, what was it? Because how it was reported, I mean, it was on the front page of you, mate. It was on the front page. Was
1: that. it
0: that big a deal? Or was, or would you, and do you think Oxford did you?
1: Well, uh, I was surprised, obviously, to see myself on the front cover of two newspapers, but mm. um, I think.
0: I just went, I mean, also, because I watched it and mm. you were pretty well received in science. Yeah, I was.
1: I didn't know how it was going to be received. Um, that's. I'd done one at Cambridge not that long beforehand, and that was very tense and mm. unpleasant experience basically and a big mm. protests outside and also lots of hostility in the chamber um and I was expecting that again um and then there was a cheer as I went in
0: yeah I didn't see it Sorry, at all I, didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> I heard the noise outside and actually
1: when the protester glued uh herself yeah. um i don't know what her pronouns are uh to the floor um they would, there was a quite a lot of hostility towards her. I mean, they cut it out of the actual filming, but there was mm. a lot of like, get her, get her off, yeah, you know,
0: that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. No, so you, do you, are you optimistic about that as a time tide turning a bit on well, that? Well, I like, yes, people in the are sense paying that, for an but it was, mo- it
1: was interesting. It was mostly male audience and I mm. think actually the pushback is going to come from men. And mm. uh, like I said, a lot of women are invested in this and men seem to be able, um, for whatever reasons, I don't, you know, you want to analyse those, but to, to say, this is bollocks, mm. <laughs> and actually I'm all for it, you know, just just say it, because well, we need a, to get rid of this. this no, is I, have really d- a, I have
0: debated it debated recently with someone and they, they said I shouldn't be really having a view because I was a man, but anyway, I'm not having a view on this. No, I think you can, yeah. well, no, but it's to, it, well, I, I'm married, I have a sister, uh, you know, I have a goddaughter, I, uh, we've, everyone, yeah. everyone is, is linked in it. Um, I, I had a similar experience, not, not, it wasn't quite the scale of yours, but it was a bizarre experience at York in September last year, I went to speak about, to give a, a talk about trade policy and tariffs, you know, mm-hmm. a quite technical talk, uh, and the LGBT York group had, had, uh, had found out that I was speaking, <laughs> and that I was a transphobe, and a racist apparently, because I want lower immigration, so that's uh, a problem, so they tried to get the and to, to York's credit, they made sure that the talk went ahead. It did, and you could hear people shouting outside. Right. But I had to get you know someone to stop people throwing milkshakes at me, and nothing happened right. really. I wasn't particularly. But it was weird. But I, I wrote to the VC after that because what I, what was unfair about it was that I was made to agree to a fourteen thousand. I didn't read it all, but a fourteen thousand word pledge of what I would say and I wouldn't say any this and I wouldn't say oh, any that right. you know so in order to, you know this is their code and to to maybe call
1: that a risk assessment or yeah, something yeah yeah
0: so th- and I agreed to that and I and uh, you know I don't know if 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 criticizing a bilateral trade agreement with Japan was transphobic. i, I have no <laughs> idea but it, anyway I, I was uh, so I wasn't going to even talk about those things yeah. but but they made me agree with that, and then I wrote to the VC and said, "What you, but you, what you allowed the LGBT group to do, the union do, and they put it on the union, mm. was was defame totally me, totally
1: defame you." Yeah. And
0: and I said I wanted them in the room because if they're in the room, I could have explained the history, of the SDP, and and the, you know the uh, well, Sexual Offences the Act. No, but they don't want to be in the room. But they, they would have been. They would have learnt something about the, they wouldn't what though. Roy Jenkins. They did. really would. They weren't prepared. They to would be. have been listening. No, no.
1: And the whole point is not to listen. Nothing about this is is about education. No. no. <laughs> it's about posturing on the internet to their pals. Mm. And also, and sometimes it's about avoiding criticism from their pals. I mean, in your case, I think they really had to go out of their way to find that you were coming and But there was you double know, standards,
0: but, the VC was scared. Oh no, I can he, see that. He treated me differently Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: can see that. I mean, yeah. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Um, but in my case, it's almost like when I arrive, they're like, oh, we've got to do something. You know, if we don't do something, we're in trouble. Mm. <laughs> so there's a sort of extra pressure. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, universities, you shouldn't you should be having to sign that thing. And it's ridiculous. I actually have never signed one of those things. No one's ever asked me. But well,
0: sometimes, if you don't, then they say you're not. I mean, they had three yeah. members of staff watching me. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was we'll actually ridiculous. It will be interesting to see
1: what the um, the new you know, what happens in the higher education bill is properly yeah. in place. Because I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, if, if it will just take one speaker to go to Office uh, sorry, what they called office for students. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know what, where they stand on that, but you know. There will be precedents set for universities and practice will spread as it always does quite quickly. So mm. Mm. it'll be interesting to see how they handle that sort of thing.
0: Let's hope. Let's hope um, you have a final chapter in the book about solutions uh, and less stereotypical view. I think I agree with that. Certainly uh, less dilution because you talk about the dilution of, of definitions. Don't you? There there's so many we, we, we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Of course, um, half of issue. this
1: is about people at cross purposes. I mean, one of the one of the questions I got at Oxford, I thought was pretty telling, because it was a woman that clearly had only ever heard about me secondhand and heard about this debate secondhand, mm. and then had listened to us discussing it mm. and said, "Why are you so controversial? <laughs> I don't, There's you know, no, I, I don't, I didn't know much about this beforehand, and now I'm really struggling to see why yeah, what the problem is. Yeah, so, and it's because yeah. people don't engage the arguments directly; they yeah. just hear, yeah." Um, very confused concepts being used and a lot of uh, hyperbole thrown in
0: yeah that's so uh, unfortunately that's the level of social media and, and yeah contagion yeah uh, you also say more intersectionality which i um, certainly on class I totally agree <laughs> with you um, and the final one is more more data less theory more data
1: that's happening now I mean it's maybe not happening as fast as it should and I think there's still some real structural impediments in academia because you like you can't do research on women or lesbians Mm. um without making it a self-identified category but Mm. for instance um uh data um collecting agencies seem to be more aware that they have to look for sex as well as Mm. whatever else they want to add
0: or or, or you can't know anything (laughs) or you can't know anything or you can't know know anything having
1: said that i went to my doctor's website the other day and it was like sex male female other
0: Mm. (laughs) it's like Mm. Okay. It's everywhere. (laughs) Well, listen, Kathleen, it's been wonderful, finally, to speak to you, and um, obviously, if you haven't got the book, I'd urge everyone to read it, and uh, you've you've, um, given us all a a service by writing it. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you.
1: Thanks for having me. Thank
0: you.